We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. How's it going, everybody? This is episode number 16 of the Bronx Pinstripe Show, and that's a big one because we can officially drive now. Scott, what's up? <laughs> Depending on what state you're talking about, we can officially drive, but, you know, um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a long week. It's been a long two weeks, actually, and uh, last, last week I wasn't able to make the show, which was, uh, was kind of a bummer, but I wanted to uh, thank Rich on the show for stepping in and uh, kind of next man up type deal and, um, and, and putting together a good show with you, so I'm happy to be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. Uh, sorry we uh, missed you last week. But I think it's apropos that uh, we can now drive after 16 because right now this team is making me want to drive off a freaking cliff. Yeah, dude, it's been tough. It's been really tough to watch what they've been going through. And especially after the progress we saw after that 
you know, terrible start. It's like we've regressed back to, you know, our, our infancy of the season into the into the terribleness of, of the, the beginning of the Yankees, who we thought was going to come out um, and then change everybody's mind. They gave us all this like false sense of security. And then now all of a sudden we got this this new team that's just been laying eggs left and right. Well, it's like the first week of the season all over again. Deja vu all over again, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like we were talking about the same crap after that first week. Mental errors, leaving guys on base, you know, bad pitching, you know, not timely hitting. All this all this crap, it's now been for the last 10 games, and it's caused them to lose 9 out of their last 10. Yeah, 9 out of 10 is not good, man. It does not sound good. It doesn't there's nothing good about 9 out of 10. And every time we, you know, we we have a guy come up the the next day, I'm I'm just hopeful like like t- when Pineda went out, you know, he's our guy, right? He's our guy. He's going to bounce back. No. Does not bounce back. It's just crushed. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. We, get, we someone needs to step up and end this losing streak so that we can turn things around. Because uh, I don't know how much how much worse it could get. To tell you the truth, let me hit you with some numbers real quick. So as I said, they've lost nine out of their last ten. Uh, most of those games were on the road, um, but still nine out of ten losses. In that time, they were outscored sixty-eight to thirty-two. And Jeez. and now on the season, they have a grand total of thirty-one errors, which is fifth most in the league. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Because we were told that this team was going to be defensively sound. That was like the big selling point Cashman made in the offseason. That he's bringing in all these guys. That's going to make the plays. It's going to be a much improved defense over last year. Especially yeah. up the middle. And, and I, to Cashman's defense, they are supposed to. The back of their baseball to. card and their and the way that they've played is exactly what he said. Right? That we saw last year, Headley had a great defensive um, a defensive year, and we, we expected that to carry over. Didi is known for his glove. Steven Drew is known for his glove. So one would assume then we have a you know we have a gold glove first baseman. One would assume that that infield is going to be one of the best in Major League Baseball, and it just hasn't happened. And it makes no damn sense. No damn sense, man. No, no damn, damn sense. sense. <laughs> so uh, before before we get into it, because we're going to get into it. Uh, a couple of housekeeping items. I feel like we haven't plugged uh, uh, Twitter in a while. So, uh, what's your Twitter handle where people can find you? It's just my first and last name um, at Scott Reinen, and I, I do a lot of most of the tweeting on Bronx Pinstripes too. So, I'm I'm actually on Bronx Pinstripes way more than I am on Scott Reinen. But yeah, you run the you run the website account. You're during the games. If 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 you want to if if you're looking at the Bronx Pinstripes account, 99% of the time it's going to be Scott tweeting from it. Occasionally I'll tweet from it. Rich will tweet from from it. Some of the other guys will tweet from it as well. But uh, yeah, you're you're mostly on that one. Yeah, I have a lot of fun doing that. It's um, it's kind of how I how I talk to Yankee fans during the game, and and it's just it's just a good time. Um, we'll do pinch hitters every once in a while, guys on the site, or if, you know, if I can't um, get to the game on time or watch or whatever. So um, yeah, we have a uh, you know we have what fifteen writers now on on staff at Bronx Pinstripes, which is awesome. So we have a lot of uh, a lot of hands on deck. Yeah, it's big. The the family is growing. The family is growing. We started out. Um, we said this in our first episode, but it was a four years ago. Uh, I think four years ago, I started off a NYY universe, a little throwback right there. NYYuniverse.com was how we started. And you were the first guy that, to come on. Um, I feel so honored. <laughs> you were the first one to come on and write. And now we have grown to, you know, 15, it's probably 15 more. You know, we have a couple other people who, you know, don't write as frequently, but are still involved with the site. So that's cool. And if you want to, uh, Get in touch with me on Twitter. It's at Yankees underscore talk. 
Um, and I'm um, usually tweeting angry thoughts, especially <laughs> these last couple weeks. Yes. And uh, as we've mentioned a few times, our, our Instagram account is growing rapidly. Um, I, I looked the other day and is at like 200 followers and we just started it this season. So that's pretty awesome. Um, we're actually at 700 and more now. We're, 700? We're, yeah, yeah, we're over 700 now. So we're we're growing steadily. We're we're putting a lot of contests on there, wow. and we're really we're really putting some energy into Instagram now. I, I don't know when I looked, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's grown a lot since I last looked. There's a lot of people that wanted a Jorge Posada signed book. Yeah, and, I don't blame uh, them. I don't blame them. So they, they went on there for that. Yeah. So we're gonna do this new thing uh, each week. We're gonna do a. So we are. We've talked about the hashtag Bronx Faithful. Uh, people posting pictures on Instagram and Twitter make sure to use hashtag Bronx faithful and what we're going to do on the website each week is we're going to pull uh, from that uh, hashtag feed all the best pictures and we're going to post them on the website uh, with a little caption and you know if you have your Instagram um, name or your Twitter name we'll, we'll make sure to put that in there as well and we'll sort of have a rundown uh, of the week's best pictures that should be a, a fun little post each week yeah, so hashtag Bronx Faithful, just include it. Um, you, you can tag us or mention us in the posts. We also have a Twitter uh, handle. Uh, it's just Bronx Faithful, too, so you can send your pictures there if you want as well. Um, that one's basically just going to be a stream of Yankee pictures. That's it. It's, it's, we, we are going to be running it, but it's just going to be Yankee fans in there. It's not going to be much content or anything. Just just if you want to check out some Yankee fans, boom, it's going to be in there. So, um, And a couple other housekeeping items. Um, the, the voicemail line, 646 646- Four eight zero zero three four two, and also we're gonna get a. I know we've been saying this, but we're gonna get actually get a mailbag up and running um, in the next week or two. Can I can I say that? Can I say a week or two? Okay, so the reason he's saying this is because it's my job to actually put the code on the website for the the mailbag itself. So yes, he's been harassing me for weeks to do this, and I've been saying I'm gonna do it, and I just haven't done it. So yes, I am going to do it this week. Well, this if I was week. smart enough to write the damn code myself, I would, but I'm not. So <laughs> it's you, man. This week it's happening. All right. Gu- guarantee. That's a, that's, a, that's a Scott Running guarantee. So I think the mailbag is going to be a huge success. I, I, my, my vision for it is people will, will send in questions and thoughts on the games, uh, stories. Maybe you've met a player in the past or whatever it may be. And uh, I definitely want to read those on the podcast and maybe even do a weekly post uh, from the mailbag as well. So I'm really excited to get that up and going. I think it can be a fun thing uh, to connect with the fans. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's what we're all here for, right? We're, we're Bronx Pinstripes. I mean, the, the the vision for Bronx Pinstripes is it's it's fan based. Everything is fan based. We cover the team as fans, and we engage a lot with fans. And we're going to start doing you know events with fans, and we want to show pictures of fans. So it's all about the Bronx faithful. It's all about the Yankee fan. It's all about you guys. And uh, yeah, so we're going to do some cool stuff with that. So are you ready to go through the carnage? Yeah, man. Let's just let's get this games over with so we can get to our grades. <clears throat> oh yeah. Before we, so before we do that, we're gonna do um, in the second half of this episode. We're gonna grade all of the players. You know, A, B, C, D, F. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give grades and uh, talk a little bit about how they've been because we're at about the quarter mark of the season. Uh, we're about twenty five percent through the season, so we're gonna do a little quarter season grades on the Yankees. Uh, so far all right so let's get into it um they didn't play much this week they had monday and thursday off um after playing a long stretch of games but the first game over in washington uh was a tough one and i know it caused me uh, uh, some stress i was up at like one in the morning pissed off about that game and i had to write an angry blog because i just couldn't freaking take it anymore but uh they lost eight to six in ten innings 
Uh, that was the Zimmerman walk-off game. And um, this game really bugged me for a number of reasons. Uh, but Avaldi had a rough first inning and then seemed to settle into the game. And the Yankees actually got a four-run lead. It was 6-2 to two going into the fifth inning. And Avaldi can't even get through the fifth inning. He gives up hit after hit after hit after walking the leadoff hitter in the fifth inning when his team just got him a lead. And it's like it's those sorts of things that you see out of a guy and you just say it's it's absolutely he showed absolutely no guts in that game. And uh, to me, it's just that's that frustrates me more than if he just got shelled and was out of there in the first inning. Yeah, you know when you get a lead like that, you gotta you gotta take that through. I mean, you gotta get through the fifth inning, no doubt about it. I mean, that's that's like the very minimum you need to go through. Yeah, and and he it's it's all about him missing his spots again. Like he's not showing. I I agree with you. Like you need some moxie on that one. You need to you need to you need to buck up. You need to not get get through those innings, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. That was a very disappointing um, game, uh, especially after we came out and, and the bats finally started going. And uh, t- yeah, to see the way that he kind of blew that lead was was extremely disappointing. And so he he got pulled, and then Wilson and uh, got a big out. He got Harper uh, on a double play ball to get out of that inning. So the Yankees are still in the lead. It's it's uh, six to five, and then Girardi brings in my least favorite player on the roster, David Carpenter. That's your boy. Who. On a 3-0 pitch to Wilson Ramos, who is one of the hottest hitters on the Nationals in the last couple weeks, he throws them like a a 94-mile-an-hour straight fat meatball down the middle of the plate, and Wilson Ramos just absolutely crushes it to left field. It's it's I can't I'm so I done with Carpenter I can't watch him pitch anymore I don't care if he throws 98 miles an hour he can't get anybody out and Girardi keeps going to him and I just don't understand why. Yeah, the guy has been a complete disappointment. And you know what? I was really looking forward to him being an asset because one, I mean, everybody was they were hyping him up, and and two, the the bounty that it took to get him and, and Chase and Shreve was the it was um, uh, Manny Ben, <clears throat> excuse me, Manny Benuelos, and Benuelos had had gone through injuries and and. You know, was not the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. He never lived up to the prospect. Right, I understand that, but you know, he's had some success over there. But it was still like that's that's a guy that you're giving up that we've had so much hope for. Let's get something in return. And Carpenter's just been a disaster so far. It's been an absolute disaster. Shreve's been better. Um, I mean, but Carpenter has been an absolute disaster. You're absolutely right. You have every every. You should be completely fed up with him. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess. Um, not Jordy. Uh, Cashman sort of fell in love with these guys that can throw in the mid to upper nineties, which I understand why. I mean, power arms get out, get outs in the bullpen. But Carpenter's throwing ninety eight mile, miles an hour, and he can't get anybody. He can't miss bats. So what good is he? Yeah, I think he was enamored by by looking at what the Royals had last year with that three headed monster, and and trying to kind of recreate that. And you know, we got two heads, <laughs> and he's looking for that third head of this of this monster for him. But um, Carpenter's not the guy. He's he's just not the guy. Definitely not the guy. I I don't. I honestly am. I don't want to see him pitch another game for this team. That's that's how fed up with him I am. And in a minute, we'll talk about why because he blew another not blew, but uh, gave up a couple more runs the other night against Texas. So I'm just absolutely done with him. But more from this game Tuesday. Um, Girardi had some questionable moves, in my opinion, in this game. 
Um, one of them obviously being the Carpenter move, but also bringing in uh, Miller for the 10th inning on the road in a tie game. As far as I'm concerned, that's a no-no. You don't do that. Uh, that's like day one stuff in in managing baseball. Yeah, and he's just, um, you know, I, I don't know what it was where he, he felt like maybe he was going to go two innings. I, I don't know what he's doing there because – he hasn't really gone uh, too too much further than than one inning, uh, you know, than three outs with uh, with Miller. Uh, he's done it with, more with Patantis. He's also shown that he's been able to do it physically. Um, so I don't know what his what his I don't know why the binder drew that up at that point. But I, I agree with you. I wouldn't have brought him in at that point either. And really, you can't blame Miller for for blowing that game. Um, he gave up the two run walk off to Zimmerman, but he's been perfect. The whole season up until then, he's going to give up runs because no pitcher can go through an entire season and not give up runs. So I really am not mad at Miller for that game. Um, I no. Was, I was much more angry with the decision to bring him in in that situation. And and honestly, like I still don't know how that ball how that ball did not fade foul. I, I yeah. don't understand how that ball stayed so straight. I mean, it was. Do you see that ball hit nine out of ten times? It's you know fifty feet pass to the right of the foul pole and for whatever reason Zimmerman just caught it just right and I mean it was probably three quarters of the way deep on the plate like that's how late he swung um you know it was I don't know to me it was a hey I call some call it a great piece of hitting I call it a lucky piece of hitting (laughs) (laughs) and the offense after scoring six runs and coming back they just absolutely went to sleep and we've seen it time and time again after the fifth inning they only had three base runners in the next five innings and you, you can't expect to win games that way. Yeah, well, when you have guys, when you have one guy that's hitting over 300 and he's on the DL right now, um, you're going to have that problem. There's going to be a lot of innings where you get absolutely nothing because of the on-base percentages that we have and, you know, the, the very low averages that we have. It's, it's, it, it, these innings are going to happen more often than not unless we start getting some guys hitting for average. And you just mentioned that guy on the DL. That guy would be Jacoby Ellsbury, and he injured his knee while swinging. Yeah, and uh, they they noticed it at first when he was on at first. They noticed it when he was on second base, and he stayed in the inning. He actually scored right, and mm-hmm. then um, then they took him out. So there's concerns about there. They've been kind of vague about what the injury is. Yeah, uh, we don't really but, know. But you know, Girardi says that it shouldn't be a long term injury, but it may take you know more than 15 days. So we'll see we'll see what happens with that. But we need him back because. He's the absolute catalyst at the top of that lineup. Him and Gardner, man, had such a good thing going, and it's it, you've seen the impact with him not being there. Um, and then Gardner, you know, has, has just uh, he hasn't been as he hasn't been as good as he was during that during that winning streak. So it's it's a big it's a big void. Ellsbury has a weird history with these freak injuries like this, um, which scares me a little bit about him because he also tends to stay out for longer than you expect when he goes down. But I don't honestly know how he hurt his knee swinging, something you do thousands and thousands of times a year. But he did. Um, But I wouldn't even call this one like one of his freak injuries because some of those are like, you know, he he injured when he was in Boston running into another player. Um, Like this one is more is more on on the motions that you're doing every day. So I could see like something tweaking in that way. So to me, this is more of like an injury prone type of thing rather than rather than something that just like comes out of nowhere. Um, you know, this is like it's, it's a it's a it's a joint or it's a, a muscle or it's a you know a ligament. So uh, let's just hope it's not anything serious and it's not like a, a sprain that 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 lingers. 
Absolutely, because as you said, he was probably their most uh, impactful offensive player uh, so far uh, as a whole in the season. And no doubt about it. And I think really big loss. I agree, and you know, with him out of the lineup, I think it's affecting Gardner too, because now Gardner is in a different position, right? And he doesn't have Ellsbury, who's been on base a ridiculous amount of times, on first, you know, making that the the pitcher think a little bit more when he's throwing him when he's throwing the ball to Gardner. So there's a lot of elements that happen when when Ellsbury's not in the game. And quickly before we move on from this game, I know we spent a lot of time on this one game, yeah. uh, but there was. Uh, this stood out to me as a big deal, um, and I guess it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But um, McCann, when he was on third base and Perella was up, he Perella hit a little dribbler down the third base line. There was two outs. When there's two outs, you run on contact. It doesn't matter where the ball is hit. When once it's hit, you run because nothing bad can happen after that. Uh, it was a little roller up the third base line, and McCann sort of stutter steps and then walks back to third base. The ball ended up staying fair and hit the bag. Um, and everyone was safe, so it was bases loaded. Um, McCann ended up scoring on a base hit by Drew, but with two outs, McCann has to score in that situation. That could have been a big run had uh, Drew not gotten the hit. And that really stood out to me as a big mental mistake, and we've seen a th- a hundred mental mistakes from this team over the last two weeks. Yeah, they had, they need to tighten up. They need to type, tighten up uh, with these with these mental errors because at some point it's it's going to be you know one that that costs another game in a big situation that we really need. So you know, I don't know what to say about that. And they're major league baseball players; they, they shouldn't be happening as often as they are. Absolutely. And then the next night, um, a three-two loss, and they scored two in the first inning, and then got nothing after that. And I feel like that's just a microcosm for the season because it. Seems to happen every night. <laughs> it's happened like four or five times where they score two innings or score two runs in the first inning and then just nothing. They get a, you get us all excited with a, with a hot start and they just like oh that's dumb done. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. And that was a that was a game where you know Warren pitched well pitched well enough to win the game and um, and then another another uh, error on that on there to to blow it. So. Yeah, Warren's had a couple good starts. I mean, he he pitched well in Tampa and got a hard luck loss as well. And this was another hard luck loss for Warren. And so he pitches into the seventh, and it's a 2-2 game at that point. And to lead off the seventh, Ramos hits a ground ball to third base, and he absolutely boots it and falls over himself. And Ramos ends up coming around and scoring, and that's the, that's the deciding run. And Headley now has nine errors on the season. And he was – I know we mentioned this in the open, but he's – he was fantastic defensively for them last year, and he's looked like uh, he's got like the yips or something throwing the ball, and now he's making now he's booting balls as well. He's the he's the guy though. The one thing you're gonna note you're gonna see from him, I guess, just from what this season is. Uh, Rich was talking about this last week. Was you know how he throws over the top, and it, it is it looks weird first of all, and it just it just doesn't look like a, it just doesn't look like a natural third baseman throwing, and and that's where most of his errors come from because usually he's extremely sure-handed with that glove. I mean, he makes some ridiculous plays going, um, you know, towards the bag. Uh, and it's actually base. kind of funny because later in that same inning, he made a diving catch on a bunt. Uh, it was a bunt popped up, and he made yeah. a diving catch. So, but yes, but still, he he booted the ball to start, and 
It was a bad. It was a bad play. He needs to make that play. There's no doubt about it. It was a short hop, but it it wasn't that tough. Yeah, again, major leaguers here. We're talking about major league third baseman. Um, he needs to make that play, and there's no doubt about it. Yep. The the other notable thing from this game was Harper got tossed from the game and Matt Williams got tossed from the game. But it was right. sort of a big thing in the news the next day that that Harper got run. Um, what was your take on that? I think Harper said a lot, hell of a lot more than he said he said, <laughs> uh, and uh, it was it was a lot of f bombs said under his breath. Uh, if you look back and like actually read the read his lips, he was he was throwing f bombs at the um, uh, at the umpire and uh, and he ran them because I think I think Harper is getting the reputation with the umpires as being like a spoiled little brat. To me, like I think they, I think they're they know he's just a cocky. Uh, a cocky young guy and they're not going to take his shit and I think that's what happened I think he just got under the skin and was just being a little pain in the ass uh, to the umpire and, and, and he ran him but yeah the umpire is Marvin Hudson and I guess he's actually had a history with Harper he tossed him out of a game uh, last year or the year before as well okay uh, so there's a little history there but listen umpires we know have sort of a little bit of an inferiority complex maybe it's because they wanted to be baseball players and they just weren't good enough whatever it is they sort of overreact in certain situations but in this case harper clearly showed up the ump he was standing out of the box the ump told him to get back in the box and he sort of did like a sarcastic little jog back and yeah. pointed to the box like oh you want me to go there it's like you can't show up the ump in the batter's box like that and expect to stay in the game. So I had no problem throwing Harper out of that game. Yeah, and you know, like I agree with him what he says uh, afterwards where he was he was talking about 40,000 people didn't buy a ticket to watch the ump ump. And, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, that was kind of a good line. Um, but yeah, he's right on that sense. But don't be a pain in the ass, man. Have some respect. Have some respect for, for what was happening. Like He whines and, and moans about bad pitches quite a bit, and he's extremely animated when he does it. He doesn't hide any of his emotions, which, you know, that's why I, I think a lot of people like him. Um, so, I mean, especially I if you're a fan do, of the Nationals. I actually do like Harper. I think he's so do I. extremely exciting to watch, and yeah. I wish the Yankees had a guy like Harper. I like emotional players, to, to be honest. I, yeah, I, I mean, I my, like favorite player, my favorite player of all time was emotional. Paul O'Neill would, O'Neil, would yeah. bitch and moan about every strike he got, and then he'd go back and smash a water cooler, and I loved right. him for it. So I don't mind Harper for being passionate and a little bit of a showboat and you know that sorts of things. I think it's an, it's an exciting aspect to his game. But there comes a point where he needs to realize, I can't, get, I can't show up and up and then get tossed from a game because I'm the best player in my team and my team needs me. I mean, he's the best player in the major league in major league baseball right now. I mean, the kid's lighting it up. Him and, and Nelson Cruz, I'd say, are the two top offensive players in the league. Um, and but you're right, you know. And what is he? 22 years old. Yeah. So this this is going to come. I mean, he's obviously an immature kid. Uh, he's 22. I mean, the, it is what it is. You know, he'll 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 mature and and grow out of that. I I have to uh, assume and and. He'll make nice, and uh, and people will be able to watch the forty thousand people that paid to watch Bryce Harper will be able to see him beyond the third inning. <laughs> so they dropped the two games in Washington. Had another off day. Come home to play Texas. Texas was uh, actually kind of hot. They had just won, I think, four in a row, and they they won um, the series in Boston, or they won three out of four, or something like that, and they they just beat Boston and Fenway. So Texas yeah. comes in, and uh, we got Pineda on the mound again. Thinking, as you said, you know, here we go. We got our our best pitcher on the mound. He's going to step up and and be the stopper. And he has just an absolute blow-up third inning. 
and it started with him making a, a throwing error. And then um, there were bases loaded and no outs. Uh, still no runs in at this point, but bases loaded, no outs. And a chopper goes to shortstop Didi. And it looks like he tried to do too much with it. Um, after the game, Girardi said, you know, it looked like Didi tried to do too much with the ball. And you just got to take it out in that uh, scenario. You know, one thing about that uh, that first that first throw, to go back to what his Pineda's throwing error, too, and... I just I just remembered that I wanted to talk about this. Was I actually went back and looked at the replay again a couple times to see um, what happened there? And Pineda looked at third, where he he thought he was going to get third, uh, uh, have a chance at the runner at third for some reason, which made no sense because there was no there was no play. He needed to go first, get the get the out. But he did that kind of double take and then rushed the throw, and that's why he did it. Yeah. But I, the, what I was looking for is I was looking for McCann telling Pineda what to do, and I didn't see it. I did not see any communication from McCann to Pineda on on where to go with that. And in that point, the catcher's got to direct the play. Absolutely. Because Pineda's back is to the entire field. So he has no idea where the runners are, what they're doing. And McCann's got to be the guy to say, to, to you know, yell 1-1-1. One, one, one. Um, and I didn't see anything. I didn't see that communication. Now, maybe he did and I just didn't see it. But I, I went back to look for it specifically and did not see it. So um, there's a lot of different miscommunications. And that, that, to me, goes back to those mental errors. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's that's a great point. And I, and I missed that aspect of the, of the play as well. Um, so but so they he gets himself into the situation and then gets a chopper. Didi tries to do too much with it. Looks like he was going to try and come home with it. He yeah. probably wouldn't have had a play at the plate, but he would have had a shore out um, at third. And that still sets up a double play. You got one run in first and second and one out you can easily get out of that situation. But instead, a run comes in, and you got bases loaded still and no outs, and Pineda just crumbled. He gave up a single and then two home runs. Well, let's talk about the crumbling, too, because that was some. That was probably the most concerning thing for me. It wasn't, it wasn't the fact that he was getting hit and his stuff was bad and all that. What, what really concerned me was the way that Pineda looked, his body language, the way that he reacted to... Hard, hardship and he really just looked like he was completely shook I mean yeah. like completely shook and then Prince Fielder just hits a bomb who's he's on fire right now he is on fire their whole their whole offense is on fire we're really feeding that fire right now actually they can really they can just send us a thank you card in the mail but you're 100% right Pineda just absolutely crumbled he did not he it was not ace like aces don't crumble in that scenario no, yeah, exactly. Mentally, especially. And to tell you the truth, the next inning when he came back out, you could see it all over his face that he was still pissed off from the last inning. And when you're a starter and you go through something like that, you need to put that behind you. You need to have a short memory. You need to get to the next guy and you need to get through innings for your team and put the put it behind you. And he clearly did not do that. And I, I don't, I don't, you know, I have no idea if it's gonna um, if, it, if it filters into you know future starts because I am that was the first time I actually had to question his um, his mental toughness. So two weeks ago we were talking about him being the ace of the staff, no question about it. He right. was just coming off 16 strikeouts against the Orioles, and it looked on like, fleek. Yeah, on fleek. Big Mike was on fleek, <laughs> and it looked like he was rolling. And then since then he's had two duds. Um, so I guess we, we must have jinxed him. 
I guess so, man. Because whenever we talk crap about somebody, they start hitting. So maybe it's reversed for when we start <laughs> when we start praising people, they suck after that. So I don't know what it is, but uh, you know, I, I hope I hope he's just he's just on on a little. Uh, this happens. I mean, the, the best pitchers in the major leagues don't win every single game. So you know, hopefully he bounces back. The offense came alive a little bit in that game, and they they cut it to within three runs twice. DD got his first home run of the year. Uh, and then it ends up being eight to five going into the eighth inning, and in comes our boy David Carpenter. That's your boy. That's not my boy. That's your boy. It's my boy David Carpenter, who I <laughs> want nothing to do with anymore. And he promptly gives up two runs because that's what he does. And um, he's good at it. He's really consistent at giving up runs. Uh, so it's ten to five, uh, and the Yankees end up coming back again, but a little just fall short. Um, I mean, on on the one hand, you can say, well, they're down three runs. Why waste a good pitcher? But then on the other hand, you say, well, Carpenter shouldn't even be on the roster anymore. Why are you still using him? It made no sense. And that was probably the difference in the game. He's going to stay on the roster. On, you know, he's going to be a guy in that bullpen. I, I can guarantee he probably makes the whole season. Um, I, I just think he's going to be Not that. If he he's keeps be, doing this. I don't know. That, no, he... It, Listen, if he every time comes in and he gives up one or two runs, you can't keep keep him on the roster. There's there's guys that will stay and there's guys that are are, are have the you know the the ability to to leave the roster and for some reason I feel like he's one of those guys that's going to be on the roster. I think I think Castro and Girardi has guys who are going to be on the roster no matter what and that's going to and that's going to be they they're going to be stubborn about it and it's they're going to they're going to be like Stephen Drew. Oh, that line that little ground ball dribbler looks like he's coming out of his slump. Oh, that little, you know, opposite field um, fly ball to looks like he's coming out of his slump. It's happening anytime now, anytime. Meanwhile, we're in, we're, you know, at the end of May and he's still batting under 200. They just have these guys and they sit them forever. I feel like he's one of them. Well, if, if they keep some of these guys on the roster, that's just insane because it's not like this team is, is the division is bad. Okay, they can still win the division, even though they've lost nine of their last ten games. They can still win the division. They're right in the thick of thing, thick of things, and I think they're going to be for the rest of the season. You can't just keep running guys out there who are giving you nothing, actually taking away from your team on a daily basis, because you can win this division, and that's the only way you're going to make the playoffs is if you win this division, because right. every team's hovering around 500. Right. They're not going to win the wild card, so you got to win this division. You have to make moves now. You can't just sit on your hands and wait until August to roll around. I I hope they do. I'm not saying that I don't hope they do because I do hope they do. I'm just telling you that I don't believe that some of these guys are going to be moved because I think that they are in positions where they're going to keep them. I, I just that's just the way I feel. The way Cashman has been in the past, the way he sticks and Girardi sticks with his guys. I feel like this is one of those guys that was uh, that they they really coveted to bring over, and um, I, I think they're going to wait them out. Well, all right. So they they lost Friday night and they lost today. They're all all the losses are blending together at this point. But they got absolutely blown out today. And um, you know it's a bad game when Garrett Jones comes in and pitches. Yeah. Do we even have to talk about what happened? Um, by the way, we're we're recording this um, Saturday night. If you haven't realized that, but it's uh, the the game today was uh, was was brutal, man. And. Um, you know, I Garrett Jones was the only pitcher right that didn't give up any runs. Yeah, so he was the best positive. pitcher today. Yeah. The, uh, so I want to mention two quick things from this game. Number one is that Carlos Beltran 
looks old as hell and can't bend down and feel the ground ball in right field. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know he's coming around with the bat, but he can't play right field. And we already have a DH who can't play the field. So Beltran, you're either going to have to start playing right field better or Girardi can't keep sending him out there. Again, he's one of those guys who's going to be kept going. He's going to keep going out there. And my second thing about this game is that like Carpenter, Esmil Rogers should no longer be on this roster. Now that's a guy that can go. <laughs> Esmil Rogers has no place on this team. There's no doubt about it. He can leave. And I think he will be gone as soon as uh, we get another pitcher, a uh, starting pitcher, so that, and when Warren gets into the, um, into the bullpen. I think Esmil Rogers is the guy that's going to go. Yeah, he gave up seven runs today. Sabathia gave up six runs today, it, and, and he only pitched in, uh, two and a third innings. It was just a total cluster of a game. There's really not a whole lot to say from it other than they just sucked all around. Yeah, there's nothing good. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to forget about it. I want to be. Uh, I want Pineda to to realize what we're gonna what we're about to do. Short memory. So didn't happen. So as you said, uh, this is Saturday night. Um, tomorrow night they're playing the ESPN game. Uh, I can't wait to have to stay up late and and watch <laughs> the Yankees versus the it's Texas okay. Rangers. Oh, Monday's a holiday, so I Monday's guess a holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's uh, Capuano versus uh, Gallardo. Um, should be a riveting pitching matchup tomorrow. But uh, before the game, Bernie Williams will be honored, which should be fun to see. Um, as we've mentioned over the last couple episodes, you know, we all love Bernie. Hopefully it'll be a, a, a mostly packed house and uh, given Bernie his due because he, he really does deserve it. No doubt about it. The Fab Five, man. Let's let's get rid of this core four nonsense. It's uh, it's truly the Fab Five because Bernie was every bit a part of those championship years um, as the rest of those guys. So, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to see Bernie get his due, and uh, that should be a fun one. Expect a lot of offense. <laughs> uh, and then they got three at home versus the Royals, who they just played uh, recently and lost two out of three from. And then they make their first West Coast trip, and they've got four in Oakland. Um, this next coming weekend. And uh, just one quick thing about that that Oakland series. So I work with someone who who lives out in the Bay Area. He's a big A's fan. And uh, he proposed a, a little bet with me because he knows I'm a big Yankees fan. Uh, whoever wins that series, uh, the loser has to wear gear from the other uh, team and post a picture on Twitter. Okay. So That's not so bad. It's the, it's the Oakland A's, so it's not like it, they don't make my skin crawl. Yeah, it's not like it's the Red Sox or the Mets yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. But uh, So it's a four-game series. If they split it, it's going to be based on total runs, and then you know we'll do tiebreakers from there. But uh, that might be the only thing I'm looking forward to next, next uh, week uh, if the Yankees keep rolling like this. May the gods be in your favor, man. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, I tell you one thing. In this losing streak, we've definitely run into some hot teams. Uh, the, the Nationals were one of the hottest teams in baseball when we hit them. Texas really hit their offensive uh, groove, and they were they were playing good baseball right as we as they came into town. So, you know, I, I don't know what, what you know. We we are not beating good teams right now. We're, we're definitely beating some uh, some teams that are struggling. Um, so hopefully these guys can uh, then turn around because we need a 180 from what we're seeing this what we've seen this past week, two weeks. Yes, and some other news. Tanaka made a rehab start for Scranton on Thursday. Uh, he pitched three innings, only gave up two hits, had two strikeouts, no runs, no walks, 45 pitches, and 21 strikes. And most importantly, he was healthy coming out of that, which is a good sign. 
Yeah, um, you know, Tanaka, as, uh, as it looks like he's bouncing back. Um, again, he keeps saying that it's, it's un, unrelated to the other injury. Um, we're going to have to keep taking his word for it, and hopefully he just keeps rolling back out there and feeling good. So, um, you know, I'm excited to get him back. We need him back badly. We need him back for, for nothing else than just to say, hey, our number one's back. And in some other news from this game, Aaron Judge actually had the walk-off sack fly in extra innings in that game. And I know we're all excited to see what Judge might do in the Bronx. So that was fun to see. Dude, that's a guy that's gotten a lot of hype so far. And he just keeps the hype just keeps growing because um, just by his you know, his his pure um, stature as a as a as a, as a what is he, six six eight? RJ yeah. just wrote an article about He's it. You gigantic. guys should check out. Yeah, two eight. He's he's bigger than Gronk. He's bigger than like all these all these uh, giant tight ends in the National Football. He's bigger than JJ Watt. Like, he's a big dude, and uh, yeah, we can't wait to uh, to see him out there. I want to see him stand next to Carlos Beltran and then have Girardi make, make a decision. <laughs> it's like uh, picking teams, you know what I mean? And those two are left. Who are you picking? Uh, Judge, Every time. Judge is currently wearing number ninety nine in the minors, and I hope he sticks with that because I just feel like that's badass. That is, that's a good one. It suits him for sure. Yeah, it's the it's like the wild thing from Major League. Yep. So we also had a, a couple of call ups this week. One today, actually, and then uh, one a couple of days ago. So we had um, a couple of days ago, uh, Slade Heathcott came up and had, got his first base or his first Major League hit with a double um, that he, uh, he he had first slide into second, kind of you know perfect for his first hit and uh, that was cool to see that was yeah that was really good because he he'd sort of um not so he was a first round uh draft pick by the yankees a few years ago and yeah. he ended up getting waived i think at the end of last year it was and early then, this year it was, oh, it was early this year okay and then the yankees ended up picking him back up so it's yeah. nice to see him actually finally make it to the majors um i don't think he's gonna be anything you know special in the major leagues but you never know. It's nice to see him up here and uh, at least playing while while uh, Ellsbury's on the disabled list. Yeah, and he had a great spring training as well. So I mean, he's he's uh, he's done it. He's done it at the AAA level. Um, he had a good spring. So hopefully, if nothing else, he's going to bring a hell of a lot of energy to this team. And and he just plays with reckless abandon, which I love. Um, and that's that's kind of one of his. You know, one of his things is he plays with reckless abandon, but you know he also gets injuries because of that, and he's running into walls and just basically you know having no regard for your body um but i I love seeing that as a baseball player uh you know with with these guys just kind of giving up everything for for the team and for what they're doing so he's a fun player to watch and uh seems like a good kid so definitely uh, definitely excited for him and then the guy one of the guys that we've been talking about for a long time and that's uh, that's finally come up um that'll hopefully assist our bullpen is mr jacob lingren it got called up uh today saturday so yeah and uh pinder's going down right Yep, Pinder's going down. Lingard's coming up. We've been waiting for him. He's uh, he's had success everywhere he's been. So um, you know, hopefully he comes up and brings a lot of energy into that pen as well. Maybe he steps in there as the third guy for Girardi. You know, he very well could Miller be. He very well could be that guy. Lindgren. That'd be awesome. I'd ever love for since, him to be that guy. Ever since Martin went down, they've been searching for somebody because Martin was filling into that role as the sort of you know seventh inning guy. But um, so Lingren, it's your job to take if you want it, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm pumped up for him. And I see uh, you just uh, wrote in the notes there that uh, you, you want to mention a little shout out we got. Yeah, yeah, we got to mention this because uh, it was it was awesome. Um, so obviously everybody knows we have the fan shop and we have some tees on the site. Well, I made a T-shirt kind of behind the scenes uh, that said. Um, 
uh, as the kids would say, Big Mike is on fleek uh, because of Michael Kay's uh, commentary during that during that 16 uh, strikeout game and made him a shirt and sent it to him. And he got it uh, a couple days ago, actually, and put it on the air on the Michael K show. Uh, so there's there's some footage of that on our Twitter and on our uh, Facebook account as well of him giving uh, kind of giving us a shout on that on that T-shirt. So that was really cool. He really you know he absolutely appreciated it. It was awesome for him to uh, to give us a shout out. And then we you know we made the shirt available for um, anybody who wants it on the site. Yeah, and hopefully Big Mike can get back on fleet because yeah, ever no, no since doubt. we made that shirt, it's been a little downhill from there. But in all honesty, though, that was that was really cool to see by Michael K on his show to do that. So definitely appreciate that. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right, so you ready to get into uh, a little grading time here? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's let's get into these these uh, quarter quarter uh, season grades. Are you a tough grader or an easy grader? Um. I'd say I'm a fair grader, <laughs> okay. uh, so I, I have no problem being critical if if someone deserves it. I have some bad grades in there, so um, yeah, I'd say I'm fair. So one thing you know when we're talking about these grades is you got to also remember you know based on what you were expecting the player to do going into the season, right? How has he lived up to expectations um, when grading? Because you know guys are expected to do more than others, um, so that you know just keep that in mind as we're going through these grades here. But uh, so we're going to run through all the position, main position players, um, the bench, then the main pitchers, and then the the bullpen as well. So let's kick it off with uh, the catcher, uh, McCann. His numbers don't look very good to the to the naked eye here. Uh, slash lines of two thirty three, two ninety, which is just terrible. Three eighty eight. Uh, he's got four home runs, twenty three RBIs on the season. He only has thirty hits uh, so far. But I guess the the one uh, positive thing is he has 23 RBIs, so I guess he's making his hits count. But that low on base percentage, to have an on base percentage below 300, in my eyes, you're a bad hitter if your on base percentage is below 300. (laughs) <laughs> well, then you're, you're going to have some bad hitters as we continue on because there's a, a number of the guys that we have that are under there. But yeah, he, he's uh, so my grade, my grade for for Brian McCann was a D. Um, I I don't let let me let me let me get this to get this right because when we when he first came over, I had a lot of high expectations for him. I expected some power. You know, obviously we're always looking for that guy who's going to hit it over the short porch. I expected some more power from him, and we haven't really seen much of the power that that I was expecting, at least not to the level I was expecting it. And you know, he's got guts. He's like that. He he should be like that team leader type guy. And I'm just not seeing it from him. I'm not seeing it. He's putting up backup catcher numbers because to me John Ryan Murphy could put up these numbers with with uh, with no doubt about it I think he could put up these numbers if he was in that same spot every single time Brian McCann's been in there I have full I think Brian I think John Ryan Murphy's actually uh, a better hitter than what I'm seeing from Brian McCann right now so overall his his management of the pitching staff to me has been subpar as well so I gave him a D because I have I had much bigger expectations for him and I expected him to be a more a more of a leader on this team and I'm just not seeing it yeah, I mean that that's totally fair everything you just said. I gave him uh a C minus. Uh so I'm a little bit easier on McCann than you are. I guess for a couple reasons. Number 1, he is a catcher, so you get a little bit of a break offensively there when you're behind the plate every day. Uh he's got 23 RBIs, so at least he's making his hits count. He's on pace for 85 RBIs, which if you get 85 RBIs out of your catcher, that that's I think a positive thing. 
Um, and also he played an awesome ham porter in that skit. <laughs> so I, I give him a C minus. Well, that was very generous of you. And the, the ham porter was good. I give that an A. He's, uh, he's, he's definitely the best actor we have on the team. All right. So one thing also we're going to do in this segment is we're going to do a little over-under game, and we're going to mark down what we each say, um, and, and we'll check back later in the season. So as I said, he's on pace for 85 RBIs. Are you taking the over or the under on that for the season? I'm taking the under on that. Uh, and the reason being is because that 233 average does not – translate to me to 85 RBIs I think he has um, you know he's, he's been good as far as producing runs early uh, I don't see that staying or continuing on unless he unless he really picks it up with that uh, with that average and that on base percentage because um, I, I don't know just the, to me that they, they don't translate all right so I guess I'm having I have to take the over on that one um, so on the next one I'll go first so so I'm not <laughs> stuck with whatever you don't pick all right, so you're taking the under on 85 RBIs. I'm taking the over. Next up, Mark Teixeira. Um, low batting average, 246, but he's on base 367 and 585 slugging, which is awesome. Yep. 13 home runs, 31 RBIs. Um, he's hitting for power again, which is good to see. Uh, I remember saying on one of our earlier shows that I think he's an X factor in this lineup, mm-hmm. and I think he's he's certainly exceeded my expectations um, so far for the season. Uh, he's currently on pace for 49 home runs and 117 RBIs, which would be absolutely fantastic. You don't see those numbers, you know, in the post steroid era very often anymore. Um, so I've really liked what I've seen out of Teixeira so far. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And we're in the gluten-free era now of Mark Teixeira. So uh, that that actually gets um, that, that he's been doing very well with that. Uh, I gave him an A. I think he's exceeded everything. Uh, you hit it right there with the X factor for Mark Teixeira early on. You called that one. Um, but yeah, he's he's he, the the low batting average doesn't worry about. I don't worry about that at all. Me neither. Uh, because because he's he is hitting for power. And um, he's you know he's a Gold Glove over at first too, so he's he's been terrific. I also gave him an A um, for everything we just said. All right, over under. So his career high for the Yankees in home runs is thirty nine home runs. He did it in two thousand nine and two thousand ten. Um, do you think he uh, exceeds that number this year? So over under thirty nine home runs. Okay, so you let me go first again, so I oh, get right. it. So I got, I got no, 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 I got to go first. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just forgot what I said earlier. All right, I am gonna take the over. Oh, good, because I was gonna say the under. So perfect. I think he hits thirty-five. Okay. Next up, we got your favorite player on the roster, Stephen Drew. He is batting a whopping one seventy-seven. Which is about his weight, I would say. You know, that's probably pretty close. Maybe he weighs about 180. So he's almost hitting his weight. Uh, 253 OBP and 323 um, slugging. He's been good in the field. (laughs) He's been okay in the the field. He hasn't made errors. (laughs) Made a few. He's definitely made some. He's just, I I, I can't can't even, looking at his name is disgusting me right now because, you know, this is a guy that, that is batting 177 with an on-base percentage of 253. <laughs> and he is out there almost every day. Why in God's name is this man out there every day? It's ridiculous. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. I give him an F minus. <laughs> that doesn't exist, but I would give him anything lower than an F if possible because I can't stand looking at him. I cannot stand. 
I can't stand his at bats. I can't stand his approach. I don't even like looking at him in the field. I don't like looking. I don't like his face. I don't like anything about him. Please get him off the team. I called early on. The my one prediction about him was that he would not be on the um, on the roster by in June. I said he would be off in June, if I recall, in June. I still am holding true to that. I think he is off this roster in June. So I gave him a D. Hashtag Ref Snyder. <laughs> I gave him a D. And I actually would rather see Steven Drew every day at shortstop than Didi Gregorius at this point. Because at least Steven Drew is not going to, you know, make mental errors and cost teams run, or the team runs like Didi has repeatedly this season. Um, neither of them can hit. So give me the guy that's not going to screw up in the field. I gave him a D. And our over under, I see, I already know what you're taking because you just said it. Um, will Steven Drew be on the team after July 31st, which is the trade deadline? Scott, you are saying? Absolutely. Hell no. I may not be a Yankees fan if he is. Okay. That's a lie, but <laughs> but no, he will not be on the team. He will not be on the team. See, I, like you said earlier, it, uh, you know, Cashman and Girardi just have these weird things with some players, and I feel like I he's one of them. But, you know, this is like, it's not a situational type thing. He's an everyday player. It's you can't you can't do that. You cannot do it when you have a guy that's sitting in the minor leagues who's hitting, uh, and Ref Snyder's turned it back on. I mean, he had a slow start to the year. His errors were high. He's he's actually settled in. And when you have a guy down there with with as much promise as he has, and you have this this just this guy who's just throwing up gooseys every single night, I can't handle it, man. And the fan base can't handle it. I am speaking on behalf of the Bronx faithful, for God's sakes. I know I am. And we want to see Ref Snyder. We want to see Ref Snyder, Perella, every day, get rid of Stephen Drew. I, I mean, I want to see Ref Snyder too, but I really don't think they're going to call him up anytime soon. I don't think they think he is ready for the major leagues. I think he's, he's, he's questioning. People are questioning that now because I think he has turned it back on. So we'll see. I, I just don't uh, – June, man. I'm sticking to it. All right. So moving to Didi. Uh, who's actually had a couple home runs this weekend, um, yeah. had zero going into the weekend. But uh, 227, 285, 311, and we've talked repeatedly about the errors and the mental mistakes, the base running errors, blah, blah, blah. So so what do you got on DD? I was hard on DD because uh, I gave him a D. Um, and, and the reason I gave him a D was... You know, I figured Didi would take some time to settle in uh, and and you know get into that role. I mean, he's replacing a legend in New York City, and those are not that's not an easy situation to be in, especially when you got a bunch of, you know, whoever those guys are, whoever the Yankee fans are chanting Derek Jeter, they're, they're just ridiculous in the first place. Like that's 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 like the dumbest chant ever. Like obviously he's not he's not Derek Jeter. No one's going to be Derek Jeter. We know that, but he has not lived up to it. And the one thing that he was supposed to bring over was a hot glove, and that glove has not been as hot. Granted, the guy gets to like everything like he t- it's hard to get a ball by him uh, but he's made some mental errors and he's made some um, you know some some defensive mistakes that I, I just wasn't expecting to see so you know hopefully again I, mean, I keep saying this that hopefully he settles into the defense and as like you just said in the past two nights he's hit a couple shots and a big three-run home run to get him back in the game on Friday night so you know hopefully maybe there's something coming out of there so uh, if you couldn't tell from my general demeanor in every episode there's nothing i hate more than mental mistakes and and errors and base running uh mistakes and so far that's the lasting memory i have of Didi this season so he's getting an f from me um and the over under here will he be the starting shortstop in august and i'm picking on this one and i'm not happy to say it but i think yes he will be the starting shortstop 
Okay, so we have to go opposite. Is that is that well? The rule? I mean, it wouldn't be fun otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I I'll say so. No, he will not be the starting shortstop, but I think he will be. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, who, how will we know who wins the over-under if we don't go opposite? Because you went first, so you'll win if he gets it, okay? Right. I'll, no, I think they're going to trade for somebody f- uh, in the shortstop position. There. <laughs> uh, Chase Headley, um, 235, 289 OBP, 379 slugging. And just a really, like, just lack of run production, I think. Five home runs yeah. and 18 RBIs. Um, I've been extremely disappointed with Headley. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's another guy here with uh, under 300 um, on base percentage, and uh, he's been disappointing. He has been disappointing. I gave him a D. Um, he's had a couple big hits, and uh, other otherwise, you know, five home runs, 18 RBIs. There's just, again, we're going to see this because there's not a lot of guys getting on base. That's the problem. Like, there's nobody getting on base in front of him. You have the you have the two the two guys at the top of the order getting on base. You're going to see those 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 RBIs starting to dip as you you know continue down the lineup. Um, naturally, but there's going to be a significant dip because of those the the, the on base percentages. It's just it just doesn't, doesn't translate to runs. Um, but his defense has been not good. I mean, he makes the spectacular play, but then boots the 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 routine play in a big situation that he needs to make. So I gave him a D. Yeah, and I was actually really excited about um, Headley last year. I thought he came over and he he was uh, one of the brightest. Uh, you know, players for them down the stretch last year. And then I also remember saying, you know, they gave him that contract and it wasn't like an outrageous contract. So it's whatever. Headley, I thought was going to be sort of the consistent guy at third where he was going to be a a nice bat in the middle of the lineup and he was going to make all the plays. And it was sort of going to be like a, it's nice to have Headley over there because he's not causing, you know, any problems sort of thing, but he's caused problems because he's not producing runs and he's making errors. So He's getting an F from me. Um, and over under here. So his career on base percentage is 345. Um, but right now he's only got a 289 OBP. So I put the over under mark for him this season at 330. Do you think he can get his OBP up 41 points between now and the end of the season? I'll say yes. I think he can. I think he's got the ability to do it. I feel like you're going to go no anyway. So I feel like that will work <laughs> out well. That would work out well because I was going to say no. <laughs> All right. Now I think we're going to have a couple good grades coming up, which is which is nice to see. Uh, Brett Gardner um, dipped a little bit recently, as we talked about since Ellsbury went on the DL, but he's been one of the best players on the team all year. Um, batting 287, 366 OBP. Um, uh, but his, his batting average has dropped about 20 points uh, from about two weeks ago. So in a little bit of a slump now that he's batting in the leadoff spot, maybe. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I gave him a B plus, uh, and it would have been an A probably if if he hadn't, uh, you know, dropped like he did. So maybe I'm being overly critical from what's what's been in my recent memory, but um, he's been awesome. He's been he's been really good. He's been really good, and to, you know, with, when those two guys are healthy at the top of the order, we have one of the best one two guys um, in the major leagues. Yeah, I gave him an A minus because I still think he's been one of the best offensive players all year. And he's, I think, probably one of the top two or three best defensive outfielders in the league. So, um, you know, really good things out of Gardner. Uh, So his career high for hits uh, is 147 in a season. And that's what he's currently on pace for, 147. Um, So I think I'm picking on this one. Will he have more than 147 hits this year? And... I'm going to say yes, 
And that's also something about his health because he needs to stay healthy all year in order to do that. But I'm confident he can, so I'm going yes. Okay. Um, you're making me be a pessimist here, which is which is not very not very nice of you. Well, we can but, change this up, and we can you, you can say what. Yeah, you can really we just think? like yeah, buy we, each other a beer and go drink a beer for both for both right? Okay, so um, I mean, I, I would say yes, but I think here's a critical point of it. Uh, Ellsbury has to be healthy too, in my opinion, because I think they feed off of each other. I think um, Gardner's better in that two spot with Ellsbury at the one. Um, so I think there's, a, you know, my contingency would be to for, for Jacoby Ellsbury to get back healthy. Um, I think Gardner might have a tough time doing that if he is uh, without Jacoby for an extended period of time. That's a great point. Um, speaking of Jacoby, we know he's on the DL now, but when he went on the DL, he was leading the league in hits, uh, batting three twenty four. With a 412 on base percentage, which is fantastic, um, not just for this team, but for anything. Um, so uh, I know I gave him an A. Uh, what'd you give him? Give him an A. He's been phenomenal. He's been, uh, you can't really ask for much better, except for uh, stronger knees, maybe. But yeah. Uh, yeah. You know he's been he's been awesome. He's been uh, he's been really good. He everything we've been everything we thought we were getting from him, uh, maybe minus a little bit of power because the power has power's really, been down a little bit. But I thought that was going to sort of turn around when the weather heated up. Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, I think ever since he's come to New York, actually, the power has been a little bit lower than we we thought what we were getting. Right, um, but. I, I'm not going to say anything negative about him because he's been awesome and he's been a catalyst for this team. And when he's going, the Yankees are going. So, so it's kind of tough to do an over under for Ellsbury because we don't know the length of his injury. So I, I couldn't really think of a good one. So I think we're just going to skip Ellsbury's over under on that. We could do over under a time on the DL. I mean, on like that that that's actually a big number because if he's on for you know in a, in a multiple 15 day DL stints, then that's a big issue and. Uh, all so, right, let's do that. So, so uh, do you think he will spend more than just the 15 days that he's currently scheduled to stay, uh, spend on the DL? Unfortunately, I do think he will. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I, and I don't know if, um, you know, I think Girardi has said lately that the 15-day, it might be a little bit uh, quick for him to get back, but they don't expect it to be a long-term injury. So, um, my thinking behind this is that you know he's going to come back, and then I could totally see him like tweaking something later and getting getting another 15 day stint. Uh, I don't know, just just from his history and 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 things, I, I could see that happening. But I really, really, I, you know, if he is healthy, it's 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 huge for this team, and um, sky's the limit at the at the top there. So next up is Carlos Beltran, who uh, has been better as of late, and he's starting to hit for power, which is nice to see. But we know that uh, you know his overall numbers don't look very good, but that's because he was hitting 200 or less up until a couple weeks ago. So his average is up to 234, which in the last couple weeks, it's probably close to 300. Right. Um, but as I said earlier, he, he looks old out in the field. We, we saw him not be able to bend down and field a ground ball in right field today. Um, and it sort of happened in that 10-run third inning, sort of probably added to, to, the, to the mayhem of that inning. And then um, uh, it was in Washington, right, where he couldn't uh, field a fly ball down the right field line. He sort of just jogged after it and uh, couldn't really get into that second gear to go field the ball. So... Um, he's looked terrible in the field, and he can't DH because A-Rod's DHing. Um, so, so what's your grade for Beltron? 
I gave him a D, uh, and 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 because of what you said, I mean, he's he's becoming a liability in the field, and he's not hitting like Carlos Beltran hits, and he's old now. <laughs> he's getting old. It's like it happened very fast, and uh, you know, lately, yes, he has been he's been turning it on a little bit, and hopefully, again, with this weather, when the weather gets warmer, hopefully, Carlos Beltran starts hitting a little bit more. But you know, like I gotta like warrant to the side of him you know jumping back into that zone and being able to hit because career wise the the guy's a, a phenomenal hitter he always has been he's always been able to hit for power so i i i think he's going to be better but you know he's going to have people breathing down his neck for playing time too so we he maybe turned into a situational guy yeah so i give him a d plus it's basically the same thing you gave him uh over under this year on 125 games played for him what are you taking i'm gonna take the over i'm gonna take the over because i think he is healthy i think uh maybe his body's uh you know coming reacting a little bit slow slower in the beginning of the season but it seems like he's he's getting a little bit better i mean i i see what you're saying with the defensive woes and you know, I don't know if that's uh, you know limitations physically or if that's just your your head's in your butt or whatever it is. But you know, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna play over that. He hasn't played more than 125 games. He's only, uh, excuse me, he's only played more than 125 games once. I think in the past six seasons. Oh wow, I didn't know that. <clears throat> it was the year he had a, a great year in uh, St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. So I'm taking the under because I, I, he's old, and I think he's probably he he's due for a DL stint at some point this year. Um, so I'm taking the under there. Next up is uh, our boy A Rod, um, who has been, I think, one of the most interesting players on the team this year, um, and also one of the. Um, one of the one of the most impactful, I think. Um, Three fifty eight on base percentage and a five fifty five slugging percentage um, are the highlights. The two fifty five average is is low for a Rod, but you know he's hitting for power, which is good. It's actually his highest slugging percentage since two thousand eight, which is pretty amazing when you think about him not playing for a year. Uh, so so what are you giving a Rod? I give Alex Rodriguez an A minus and. Uh, the minus is only, I guess, because the average is down, but I don't know why I'm giving him a minus or why I'm even picking at that because this is a hell of a lot more than I was expecting in the first place. Um, and he's been he's been terrific. I mean, it's really hard to say anything negative about him this year because he's been good on the field. He's been good off the field. Um, he's having a hard time hitting the breaking ball, and I think that's going to continue. I think, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Um, of pitchers giving uh, of throwing uh, not throwing him a fastball curveballs are Arod's kryptonite no doubt about it and it's 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 very apparent um, as as he's gotten older that it's it's um it's going to be I don't think that's going to change I think he's going to have a hard time hitting that ball uh, hitting that pitch for for the entire year so um you know he but he but when you miss when you miss against him he's making you pay for it so you know he's been he's been good uh, there's nothing nothing uh, to me nothing really bad to say about him. So I'm giving him an A minus as well. Um, he's far exceeded my expectations. The only reason I'm giving him an A minus is because he has not really hit with runners on base, uh, which we talked. That's about. true. Uh, Rich and I talked about that last week, um, and it's probably because pitchers are throwing him off speed stuff um, with runners right. on base. But his 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 average with runners on base is below 200. So hopefully that'll improve. But uh, still an A minus from me. 
Um, <clears throat> collectively, the bench, uh, we're sort of lumping these guys together. You know, guys like Chris Young, uh, John Ryan uh, Murphy, Garrett Jones, uh, Petit uh, for a while before he went down, and now Perella. Um, collectively, they have seven home runs, uh, but the majority of those are from Chris Young. Uh, so, so what's your take on the bench so far? Collectively, I gave the bench a B minus. Uh, I think they've been uh, pretty good. Okay, nothing spectacular. I think Chris Young started off really hot. Um, he's kind of he's kind of leveled off uh, since his since that that winning streak that we went on and and that that really good run. Um, granted, he hasn't been in the lineup as much either, but he uh, he's been definitely leading the charge. Garrett Jones hit his first home run in a long time uh, of the season, I believe. Right, and then. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's been. I didn't. Even, I, he's been. At, so, at some points, I've just been forgotten. I forgot he was there, honestly, because yeah. he hasn't played much. Um, Petit's not there anymore. <clears throat> Perella has been. You know, I, I think his. He hasn't really settled into anything yet, so yeah. he's got to get used to that that utility spot if that's going to be his spot. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how they're managing him. And Jared Murphy's been okay. So B minus. So I give him a B uh, because Chris Young has been fantastic for a bench player. And I I like John Ryan Murphy as a backup catcher. I think he brings something to the table. Yep. Uh, Perella, they do need to figure out what what they're doing with him because he's not a utility guy. I mean, he he was a full-time player in the minors. um, And if they're expecting him to start hitting, you can't just play him once or twice a week. So they really do need to figure out what what they're doing with Perella. And it's not like their second baseman or shortstop are doing anything special. So it shouldn't be difficult to get him into the lineup. So yeah. there so that's our over under for the for the bench. Does Jose Perella get to 75 games played this year? And that now that I'm thinking about it, it might be a little high. But let's set it there. 75 games, which would mean he's got a semi-regular role going forward. Yeah, I'm gonna say under. I'm gonna say under because I, I personally believe that Ref Center does come up and we'll cut into that. I also oh. say under, um, but I'd like it to be over because I, I would like see, it to be over I, too. I want to see what he's got. Moving on to the pitching staff, which two weeks ago looked a little bit better than it does right now. Um, Pineda is first up, and he's 5-2, and two, but he's lost his last two starts. His ERA in that time has jumped from 272 to 359. His whip has gone up, um, and he was leading the league in strikeouts as of two weeks ago, and he's no longer leading the league in strikeouts. So uh, what do you think about uh, Pineda this season? What's your grade for him? Two weeks ago, it would have been an A. Today, it's a B. And and one of the big reasons was the you know the thing I touched on earlier was his mental mental toughness. Uh, you know that um, that fortitude you see with pitchers, with aces, with guys at the top of the rotation that you need. You need to have that mental toughness. And you know I need I need to see it from him because he really he kind of got me on the worrisome side um, on his last start and the way he reacted to uh, you know to to not pitching well. So. Yes, he's been great. He had the 16 pitch, their 16 strikeout game, which is, was phenomenal. And it, I, I love watching him pitch when he's when he's going. But man, when he was bad, he was really bad, and, and it just like he mentally checked out of the game and was serving meatballs. So a B. I'm giving him a B plus because he's been the best starter on the team. So you get a B plus for that. Uh, over. So this isn't really an over under. It's sort of just a question. Uh, do you think he'll receive any Cy Young votes this year? Which essentially means, will he be one of the 10 best pitchers, starting pitchers in the league? Yes, I, I, I think he's going to settle back in. I think he's got the, the stuff. I think you know he'll get his head right and, and get back in there. I, I do. 
I also agree with that. I think his stuff is too good for him not to be there as long as he's healthy. Uh, next up, CC. Um, he actually had the only two wins on the road trip, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. But he's got a 307 batting average against, which is just terrible. And he's on. Here's here's a fun stat. He's on pace for 23 losses, which would be the most since Elmer Myers and Lee Meadows did it in 1916. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a lot of losses, man. Um, that's a lot of losses. I I, I don't think he's going to stay on that pace. One, he's if Girardi lets him get to yeah. 23 losses, yeah. we no. have serious problems. <laughs> Um, for, uh, for one thing, nineteen sixteen was when guys pitched like every third day. Right. <laughs> uh, I gave him an F. I gave him an F. I don't. I, there's to me, there's no way around it. I mean, he's not pitching well. He's pitching terribly. He's not fielding the ball well. He's there's nothing. You get those two wins, um, uh, but uh, the the overall general scope of of CC Sabathia in 2015, in my opinion, has been an F. He's been terrible. I give him a D because I wasn't really expecting much because he was hurt most of last year, um, and he he's been he's been bad, but he has he's been better than I thought he was going to be. If that actually makes any sense, he has had some tough luck losses, and then he got those two wins on the road trip. So it's not like a D is a good grade, but he's getting a D from me. Uh, he's currently on pace for a whopping eight wins this season. Will he have eight or over under eight wins? I think he'll have over eight wins. I think he'll have ten wins. I am going to take under, just because you took the over. And but do you think he's going to be on the team? Do you think that or he's going to be in a position to get eight win or to get eight wins? Not yeah, I mean, I'm, not the team. I'm not saying he's going to have twenty three losses, but I mean the, there'll right. be a ton of no decisions in there and stuff like that. I think he. I, I think if he's healthy, he's going to be on the team the whole year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Evaldi, he is three and one in eight starts, and he was really going in the right direction up until that Washington start. Um, but he, he's given up a ton of hits. He's got a three eleven batting average against. Uh, his career batting average against isn't good. It's two seventy four, but you know three eleven is a lot higher than that. So, so what, what's your feelings on Evaldi? You know, Evaldi's been that guy who's just been kind of. He's been here one day and gone another day. I give him a C. Um, because I, I still feel like he's a work in progress, and um, I, you know I, I love, I just see potential with him I, when I see him and, and the numbers that he puts up, um, you know on the gun and and just some of the pitches that he does have and the ability he has. I give him a C because I think there's room for potential there, but I think he's struggled at the same time. So, and it, it might make people feel a little better, but Martin Prado is not really doing much in Florida, so it's not like they're getting killed on that trade. Um, so I'm also giving him a C. Uh, nothing real special, but nothing. I guess you know it's the 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 jury is still out on Evaldi. Right. Um, exactly. So uh, over under on 190 innings pitched. He's always been in, been an innings eater. Um, so do you think he'll continue that this year? Yeah, you know, I think he will. The the only thing about him is he's had a hard time getting through that fifth inning. Uh, it's like it's like the fifth sixth inning has uh, been difficult for him. Um, I I see him progressing uh, as the season goes on. I do think he's going to be uh, a good a solid starting pitcher for this rotation. So yeah, I'll I'll take the over on one ninety. Yeah, one ninety is going to be right around where he is. So I'll, I'll take the over barely. Um, Andrew Miller. Um, I mean, just he's been perfect, almost perfect. Uh, yeah. Thirteen saves, thirty-one strikeouts, and eighteen in the third innings pitched. Yes, he gave up the the walk-off homer in Washington, but again, 
Those were the first runs he gave up all year. So I'm giving him an A because he's been fantastic. Um, worth every penny so far. Uh, what's your What's your take? No doubt about it. The guy gets an A, man. He's been phenomenal. He's been absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, and and, and he can't get anything lower than an A. I mean, if you're uh, that the only blemish is that is that one home run that I still can't believe stayed fair. So yeah, he's uh, he's been phenomenal. So he's on pace for 50 saves. Um, and to put that into a little perspective, Mariano's career high is 53 in 2004. So I mean, he is on pace for a ton of saves. That also depends on if the team keeps winning games because in 2004 the Yankees won. Uh, I think 100 games. So I don't think this team's winning 100 games. But uh, will Andrew Miller have 40 saves this year? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because the, the reason. Say, so, okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the reason I'm going to say no is because I think at some point Patantis is going to cut into that. I think that Girardi later in the season is going to start um, mixing those guys in more and more um, in different spots. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I say no because I feel like. Later in the year, and especially because it's been so dominant, but Chance has been so dominant as well. And I know we're talking about him in a minute, but um, I think Girardi's going to have flexibility later, and his binder, we all know, um, will <laughs> will will go towards those flexible um, situations. So yeah, I, I say no. I'm saying no, but it's for a different reason. Uh, it's because I don't think the team's going to win enough games for him to get 40 saves. I, I As long as he's pitching well, I don't see Batances taking his job this year, at least. Because I don't think Girardi will will throw that little wrench into uh, the bullpen. Um, Miller has emerged as the closer. That's clear. I don't see that changing, barring injury or him sucking. So, uh, but I'm saying no on the saves, uh, more than 40 saves. I don't, and to clarify, I don't think he's going to take his job by any means as the closer. I just, oh, okay. This, so you, this, okay. What this is, what this, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm just going on the, um, on the side of Joe Girardi being Joe Girardi and mixing it in more, <laughs> <laughs> more often than you would, than another guy would. Got it. Say Joe Torre, like he way more often than Joe Torre would. <laughs> well, Joe Torre used three guys for the entire time he was in New York. I think, right. Really. Uh, all right, Batances, uh, thirty-five strikeouts in twenty-three innings pitch, which is just absolutely sick. Uh, the combination of Miller and Batances has been unhittable. Um, he's on pace for eighty-nine innings pitched, and last year he had ninety innings pitched, so he's being used about the same as he was last year. Um, what's your grade for for Batances? Can't give him anything less than an A. The guy's been phenomenal. He's uh, he's becoming one of my favorite Yankees. Um, I, I love the fact that he's from uh, from New York. Uh, you know, local kid coming in. Uh, I love how just 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 the um, he's just a massive human being on the on the mound, um, and how intimidating he is uh, to to opposing batters. So he's been so good too. I mean, I think in the very beginning of the season he had you know maybe a little bit. I wouldn't even call them troubles. I'd say them just little. Little skips, you know, but uh, dude, he's phenomenal. Like watching him pitch is unfair. It's unfair. It is. I gave him an A plus because I, you literally can't be any better than he he has been this year. Um, so I was struggling to come up with a good over under on Batansis. Uh, what do you think would be a good over under for him? Um, I don't know. Strike out to or strike out to innings pitch ratio because that's actually a stat for him. Um, that's that's uh that looks 
crazy. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot okay, of things. So that right now, look. yeah, that's good. That's good. So right now, he's. I mean, he's going to be on pace for for like something like thirty more strikeouts and in innings pitched. Do you think he'll continue that pace? Yeah, I do. I do because I think. Um, I, I think just from looking at last year and the way that it's it's really like there are not very many batters that come into the box against Dylan Batanzas that have an opportunity to hit the ball. It's like they have no chance. It, his 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 stuff is so good. Um, so yeah, I I, agree. I think he will um, stay or and exceed that pace. I agree. He's my favorite player on the roster. I think, and I hope he. I, I honestly was hoping he was going to be the closer this year. I have no complaints about Miller, but I, I hope Batanzas is the Yankees' closer for years to come because he's just absolutely electric and fun to watch. Um, rest of the pen. Guys like David Carpenter, Justin Wilson, Esmail Rogers, Chasen Shreve, uh, Chris Martin, who's now on the DL, um, and all the other guys that they've sort of filtered in there. Pinder, and um, as we mentioned earlier, we'll, we'll, we'll start to see Lingren in there as well. Uh, what's your grade for the for the pen, the rest of the pen as a whole? I give them a C uh, because I think Shreve and Wilson have been good, and Martin was good. Up until he got hurt, um, you know, we've Ashville Rogers and David Carpenter have just been disasters. So uh, I gave them a I gave them a C overall. I like what you said about Shreve and Wilson. I think they've been solid, solid lefties. Um, the Yankees have three lefties in the pen, which is something they haven't had for a while, and it's something that most teams don't have. Um, I really am upset about that Martin um, being on the on the DL because he was emerging. Um, but maybe once we get uh, Tanaka back and Warren goes to the pen, Warren can be that next guy up, or, or Lindgren will be that next guy. My grade for the rest of the pen is a C as well, um, but I think Girardi's use of it has been an F, um, and that's because he's using guys like Carpenter and Esmail Rogers far too much, in my opinion, and they are continuing to get worse, and they keep getting run out there, and I just don't understand it. Um, so just terrible use of the pen in my opinion yeah and and to his defense i mean there's not very many guys that are doing well you know he's got to throw somebody out there and he can't throw the same guys every single time um so they just need they need replacements and i'm like but he keeps doing the same thing over and over and that that's like the definition of insanity like you got to try something new if it if it's broken try and fix it you know what I mean? Right, and they should. I mean, Esmail Rogers should not be on this roster. There's no doubt about it. And and he's going to have some more things come up because Lingren's a lefty too. So that's what that's four lefties now in the bullpen. Um, that that's going to be that's going to be in there. So, you know, when you're right, when Warren or uh, when Nova comes back or and we get the the uh, another starting pitcher in here, Warren is going to be a big addition to me in that bullpen because I think that's his best position. Uh, that's his. That's where he can contribute the most is in that middle relief role in the in the bullpen. So uh, that that should hopefully stabilize it a little bit more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so that wraps up the uh, the um, the grades portion of the episode. Uh, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to um, put this into a post on the site um, along with the podcast so you can see all the grades we gave and also the over under. And I think this is something we should probably revisit um, maybe after the All-Star break, halfway through the season and things of that nature. Uh, it'll be fun to see how the how the team is shaking out and you know what guys either improved or declined or continued their success throughout the season. Um, so this was actually a pretty long episode. Uh, so for anybody who's still listening, thank you very much. Um, and I'm sure you're just as pissed as we are, man. Um, this was a bad couple weeks. 
It's been a bad couple of weeks, but there's got to be good, better. There's there has to be better baseball on the horizon. And yeah, it's, don't uh, forget it's a good way to look at it. And don't forget, our division is terrible. Yes. It's terrible. So there is, uh, there's that. You know what I mean? Like there, there's that, and we'll we'll always uh, we'll always have a bad division this year. So we can <laughs> well, there's hope in that respect. I, I mean, absolutely. The the Yankees. As bad as they've been and as hard, I think, as we're being on them, I'm still confident they're going to be in a position to make the playoffs in September. I still think they're going to win the division. No, and, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I yeah, don't well, think they're going to win the wild card because right, right, right. there's too many other teams in the league that are better than them. But I think that they will be within either in the division uh, lead or within striking distance in, in September. No doubt about it. Get to the dance. Get to the dance, and and let's see what happens. Because when you have a when you have Tanaka Pineda as one two, there's a lot of good things that can happen in short series. So, um, you know that there's I have confidence in this team to get to that point because I really think this is not the New York Yankees that we've seen over the past two weeks. It's probably going to be whoever's hottest down the stretch in the division is going to win the division. Yeah, I all th- the teams are going right. to be clumped together. I agree. I think you're right. I think you're right, and the schedule might play into that a lot more too, um, and you know how we're ending up the season. So let's uh, let's just hope we can uh, we can stay in the mix, stay in the mix, and then and then catch a hot streak um, when we need it. Well, uh, awesome. Uh, you know, not awesome baseball, but uh, but I I feel like I got a lot off my chest this episode. So uh, I'm you sorry. feel better now, right? I'm feeling feel a little bit better and uh, pumped for Bernie Day. Um, can't wait to watch that, and hopefully they they salvage one win out of this series. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show. We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.